International. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Soroyce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hey, Pat. What's up? Oh, nothing much. Nothing much. Just uh, sliding in, coming in hot here at Permanent Record Studios, beating traffic. Uh, Austin, Texas is currently in a gridlock because they are celebrating the life and times of the world's oldest veteran. R.I.P. R.I.P. Not sure of his name. Sorry about that. We'll <laughs> fix that. I can't but remember this- his name, but I do remember what he looks like because they ran yeah, a news yeah. story about him every year on Veterans Day. Yeah. And he is like an old skinny black guy with big, big glasses. And he lived yep. on the east side. And every year they'd interview him and he was just smoking a cigar in like a plastic uh like patio furniture chair in his front yard, <laughs> and uh, he ruled. He was awesome. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. he, he was in whiskey and a cigar and just 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 doing his thing. So, uh, R.I.P. to that guy. Austin, Texas, is rightfully gridlocked right now. Which <laughs> I live like right next to the stadium, which there's that going on, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I also live right next to the, the, the whole highway is blocked off for the funeral. So my part of town is not moving at all. Well, how was your holiday? Good. It was. It was good. It was good. It was uh, a Maybe lot I going on. Maybe I shouldn't ask that because I don't know when this is going to come out. <laughs> yeah. so. these, these wasn't going to come out come out soon enough. I fixed the uh, the, the problem that I I, I, I sent the um, a, a wrong link. So, but we, yeah, we, this wasn't going to be out soon enough. So we can talk holiday. Okay, holiday okay. was good. <laughs> good. Holiday was good. Um, I. Uh, Spent time with my girlfriend and the kids and their family, and it was fun. Uh, we just kind of chilled. I, I, my girlfriend's daughter's birthday is uh, the twenty third, and uh, I re- yeah. So I recently got her interested in Netflix's Brainchild. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, sorry, a uh, friend of the show, Sahana. Friend of the show, Sahana Srinivasan, is the host of that show. Uh, someone who I see at shows regularly, so I definitely. My my girlfriend's daughter uh, does not like to take suggestions for what to watch at mm-hmm. all. Like if you suggest something, you, she'll never watch it. So I was like, I'm gonna play my cards right on this one, and I waited uh, until one day she was pretty sick and she was in front of the TV, and I was like, Do you want to watch, you know, some of your regular dumb shit? And she was like, No, I'm good. And I was like, Do you, okay? Well, put this, I just threw on Brainchild, and she was like super into it. Oh, that rules. And so, yeah, as the holiday got closer, I was actually able to have good friend of the show, Sahana Srinivasan. Uh, uh, record a little like hey what's up message oh. it's, it's Sahana from yeah man came out looking good on that's that awesome. one. <laughs> that's so great yeah yeah <laughs> and she was like that's really sweet you did that I was like you know at the end of the day I'm just a guy out here trying to be cooler than her dad so. <laughs> <laughs> and also getting really good presents that don't cost anything yeah exactly yeah, exa- yeah, like, yeah that you know, that cost nothing <laughs> 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 so the thing is to save money on the holidays just get some famous friends you know <laughs> Yeah, no, I think what eight years in comedy is probably worth the worth the price. Totally, totally. All the jobs <laughs> I've lost for running at the last minute to make it to a show, you know, like yeah, yeah, it it, it, it all paid off. December twenty third of this year, so. Well, uh, speaking How was your of, holiday? My oh, holiday okay, no. was great. I have a really good segue, though. No, okay. Oh, that, I don't want to get in the way of that. <laughs> so I was going to say, speaking of. Uh, the sacrifices you make to make your dreams come true. 
I have a story for you today. Okay. All right. I, I like it. I like this. Uh, I'm getting the vibe. This is like a, an aspirational tale with a completely delusional person. Absolutely. You are uh, dead yeah, on. <laughs> um, this is a pretty recent story, and there's actually a little bit of a, a crossover here because we covered this on What a Time to Be Alive when okay. it happened. All so, right. A little, uh, little universe mixing here. Exactly. The Kathmarp <laughs> Noro Podcast Extended Universe yeah. is coming together, is merging. Um, this story, I, tell me if this name sounds familiar. Do you remember in November or so hearing about a guy named Jared Threaten? A musician, perhaps? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I do uh, okay. threaten with it was with an I in. With an I in, yes. Yeah. Jared yeah. threatened with an I in. <laughs> it's Jared uh, threatened, letting you know the threat is in. Exactly. <laughs> And uh, this is a story about his uh, grand European tour. Um, he's a, a pop metal musician. And uh, these this information comes from two different articles. It comes from a New York Times article uh, written like when this happened. And then a Rolling Stone article written about uh, like mid-December that had an interview with Jared Threaten. So we get a okay. little bit of behind the scenes. Of okay. Too, and so. I, I, I would like to say if 14 year old me would have a lot to say about the term pop metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, how much time do you have partner? <laughs> <laughs> that sort of comes up because there's like tension between him and his uh, death metal brother because he decides to do pop oh. metal. It's <laughs> good. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. They're American, so, but I imagine them being Norwegian. And he's like, "You're disgracing the family black metal tradition, Jared." <laughs> <laughs> so, Pat, fourteen-year-old Pat is not a fan of pop metal. I take it. Yeah, I, w- I would be like, I would just, I would suck my teeth for like five minutes. I. Like, <laughs> 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 Really? <laughs> pop metal? Were you were you in a you were in a hardcore band, right? I was. Were you in a metal band? band? I was. Yeah, I was. I was the screamer in a metalcore band. Just uh, nice. one fine line. We played from. Uh, it was like I don't know, two thousand and three to like two thousand and eight, and we would just, wow. just drive around. Yeah, yeah. We, we we recorded two albums. We drove around a lot and just d- d- yelled into microphones. <laughs> yeah, that's why your voice sounds has that Tom yep. Waits rap to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is metalcore band. This is cultivated. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to jump in. Uh, it's it, it sort of like when this starts to get discovered. So here we go. In November of 2018, managers of rock clubs across the United Kingdom began sharing the same weird tale. A pop metal performer named Jared Threaten had rented their clubs for his 10-city European tour. Club owners had never heard of the act when a booking agent approached them promising packed houses. Jared Threaten had fervent followers, effusive likes, rows of adoring comments under his YouTube concert videos, which showed him windmilling before a sea of fans. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Websites for the record label, managers, and a public relations company who represented him added to his legitimacy. Threaten's Facebook page teamed with hundreds of fans who had RSVP'd for his European jaunt, which was supporting his album, Breaking the World breaking the world yeah pop metal album breaking the world which is also <laughs> the name of its anthemic uh title track possibly lead single oh man <laughs> so yeah like these people are you know he has like they said record label manager pr company uh like 
lots of likes youtube yeah. concert videos like all this stuff so they get they get contacted by uh by all these this team you know and yeah. they're putting down a deposit so it's like okay here we go yeah yeah the, man that at the end of the day that's what the book needs to see they're just like like okay i'm getting the deposit money like that that fights a lot of battles for you absolutely and like depending on the day of the week like that can be enough i mean yeah it, it yeah, depends Oh no! I was, a door, I was a door guy at Spider House Ballroom on Sundays, and they would, you know, they just anything to keep the fucking lights on. They would just yeah. do, and some of the most pointless and wh- most horribly put together productions I've ever seen have been on a Sunday night. And I'd imagine that's at like a lot of venues. It's just it's Sunday; they just need to fill that up. And if you're down to pay that deposit, hey, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, we're so for WrestleSplania, my wrestling podcast, we're doing a WrestleMania watch party at a bar. Oh, yeah. And uh, WrestleMania is on Sunday night, and like we caught, we got in touch with this brewery, and they were just like, "Yeah, if you can get like forty people in here, like it's fine, like it's yours." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, please yeah. get forty people in here. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's surprisingly easy. And granted, these were bigger venues; they were like five hundred to a thousand. Uh, yeah, yeah, venues. yeah. So like, it's not as easy to do that. But if you yeah. pay the deposit, like. You know, and he's playing London and stuff, but he's also playing like Birmingham and like smaller cities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really not that hard. Yeah. So, uh, the article goes on, but despite all the hype, almost no one came to the shows. It was just Threaten and his three-piece band on stage and his wife, Kelsey, filming him from the empty floor. Poor Kelsey. I know, right? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> just, there's got to be some other fishnet sleeve motherfucker out there in LA <laughs> that you can you can cuddle up next to his heroin emaciated body at night. <laughs> <laughs> you have described this guy to a T. I don't know if you've seen pictures of him, but you are dead right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I I saw when this when this thing broke. I saw as many pictures of him as I needed to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is described in the Rolling Stone article as Elfin. So, thank uh, you. God I damn it! Yeah, and, the, and that's that's a word he's going for, guys. So thank that's you. I guess yeah, he's, that's that's what he was at- shooting at. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, yeah, so Kelsey's filming him from the empty floor, uh, and yet Threaten didn't seem to care. He just ripped through his set as if there were a full house. Uh, when <laughs> he just windmilling in front of nobody? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, just committing, full-on yeah. committing. In I a, windmill, yeah, I windmill when it's 100 people, I windmill when it's zero people. I windmill. That's what I do. <laughs> that's, my, that's my shit. I'm, yeah. I'm a performer. I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah. On, on stage, he just like takes like one last drink of his drink. He's like, all right, time to keep the lights on. Just goes out there and starts windmilling to an empty crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazed that they still let them play. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. I've been at, like comedy shows you know yeah. occasionally where perhaps the crowd is a little light and a lot of yeah. times it's just like look we're not paying our employees to be here for like an empty room yeah like, exactly yeah just, especially with, with, a, with a stadium like they're not in a stadium but like in a, a music venue like that it's like yo it costs money to turn this shit on bro <laughs> like right. I, I flipped this on switch I see a difference in the bill so sorry exactly. man you can't I mean, come out. like because like, I'm imagining like these places are bigger than than spider house and like Spider House would stay open when it was empty, but that's because they make all their money from like the restaurant next door. But yeah, imagine like 
I don't know. I'm thinking like maybe Barracuda downtown is probably like the right size for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And it's like if you're playing a show, you're not going to like pay the like tech people and the bartenders and everything. Yeah, no. To be they're there. Getting, they're, they're there. Yeah, they're, getting, they're not. Nobody's drinking, you know, like I'm, I, don't know how, I don't know how many like uh, how much uh, drinks the threaten is throwing down as a group, but I'm sure it's not enough to keep that place open. Right. So, uh, when Threaten was confronted by confused club owners, uh, he just shrugged, blaming the lack of audience on bad promotion. Classic. <laughs> yeah, man, dude, sticking and moving, baby. He knows yeah. all the tricks. Classic. <laughs> it's also like, you know, the thing in like comedy where if there's like a lighthouse, there's always like an excuse. It's always like, oh, well, there's yeah. the, <laughs> the convention this week, like some yeah, yeah. bullshit got, reason. Like, yeah, I'm they got sure the, he has one of those. They got the dog show going on, you know what I'm saying? Everybody always exactly. knows what. Yeah, that's man. Exactly. I have had so many creative endeavors thwarted by the Spurs like, in my <laughs> life. <laughs> like, a show in San Antonio, man. Like, I, I played a show in San Antonio one time with our band, and uh, we, it was like during like the, the 2004 Spurs like uh, championship. I believe it was 2004. Yeah, and no way anybody's coming to see you guys. Yeah, well, people were at the bar, but they watched us, and we, like, our song in. Ended, like that at right at tip off like so it was just like oh, nice. we, yeah yeah so we just like like we ended and like this other band was begging us to like like to go first they were like hey man you know like if, if you guys want to go last you guys can headline and i was like nope that's not what headlining means to me. <laughs> like, yeah because as soon as as soon as the, as soon as the game was underway like the entire population just migrated to the tv screens and yeah. some people had to scream for nobody uh, Danny Palumbo, other friend of the show, uh, started comedy in Pittsburgh, and he, because of that, like fucking hates the Steelers, cause like, <laughs> it, like the Steelers like ruined his comedy career for the first yeah. like three years he was performing because no one he couldn't get anybody to watch. Yeah, yeah, because when you put these events together, you have to be like, okay, what is more interesting than what I'm doing that's currently happening now? And for a long time, it's everything, it's anything else that's happening, like, literally anything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And like ESPN at eight is showing like a race where people are flying drones through an obstacle course, and you're like, that, that's gonna eat into my base. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, threatened, yeah, claimed uh, it was bad promotion, which rules classic. Yep, do it. Uh, so, the guy bartending uh, at this gig, which was at the Exchange, which is a club in Bristol, England, yeah. his name is Jonathan Minty Minto. So, if I <laughs> reference Minty, that's who I'm referring to. That's <laughs> um, right. He said, it's, it was clear that something weird was happening, but we didn't realize how weird. Intrigued, Minty and his friends started poking around on Threaten's Facebook page, only to find that most of the fans lived in Brazil. <laughs> We're big in Brazil. <laughs> it's just Brazil. Come to Brazil, sweetie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the more we clicked, says Minty, the more apparent it became that every single attendee was bogus. Oh man, just like some accounts are just like him with a wig. It's like okay, obviously, Doug, that's. <laughs> so yeah, it's all like purchased accounts. I think yeah. it's really funny that they were all in Brazil. Like yeah. I don't. <laughs> that's like a huge part of like internet fan culture is just like if you go into anyone's like any celebrities like instagram comments or like periscope 
anything it's always like nine million people being like come to brazil come to brazil oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like i guess you feel it's one of those parts of the world that like in america you well, in america you can easily forget the rest of the fucking world exists right. like it's one of those you're like oh that's actually a huge economy with a it's lot a lot of people huge economy yeah, yeah. like it's very profitable for a lot of people yeah. to come to brazil. but apparently hey, shout, shout out to brazil man we got love for y'all we always have you know this Absolutely. So, yeah i miss uh did you ever go to rio's brazilian on the east side was a restaurant i did not know so fucking good that sounds great that, that made me hungry yeah brazilian food delicious yeah I, I've, had, I've had brazilian food that that that's good uh I was taken to a Brazilian. I, I got the, the, the Brazilian grill thing one time oh, for helping. Yeah, for helping Gene Getman with his FBI set. So you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anyways, carrying on. Carrying on. Uh, all the accounts were in Brazil. Uh, the next few gigs for Threaten were similarly barren. After the Bristol show, uh, for which the promoter claimed to have sold 182 tickets, staff at the venue decided to investigate. As we said, uh, like. So yeah, it took more than five hundred dollars to book the venue. So they yeah, so they sold one hundred eighty two tickets. No, the promoter said so. Like a oh, representative okay. for Threaten was like, "Oh, we've sold one hundred eighty two tickets." Oh, so okay, okay, nobody okay. showed up. So yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah, I said that a little bit of out of order, but uh, yeah, so. The, the promoter was like, oh, yeah, they're selling great. There was like a Facebook event, like it had all of these attendees and then all the attendees were from Brazil and nobody came. So, you know, they, they yeah. investigate and uh, nobody made the flight from Brazil. Huh? That's crazy. That's shockingly, yeah. <laughs> Northern England. Um, so Minty at the exchange uh, said that he found that each of the websites associated with Jared Threaten, uh, the label, which was named Superlative Music Recordings. <laughs> Superlative, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Above all. <laughs> Above all. Just Noteworthy. like classic generic name, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then his management company, I like too. His management company was named Aligned Artist Management. Like, <laughs> so generic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Artists, like, uh, I, that's like on The Simpsons when they talk about the, the competing cracker companies for Millhouse's yeah. dad's cracker. He goes, you put us behind uh, Allied Biscuit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So those were fake. Uh, the video production company that directed the band's video, all of that registered to the same GoDaddy account. So at, at didn't point, even make separate accounts here. Yeah. At what point are you making music videos? Like, like technically, if you're making music videos, are you still a fake company? Like, like at some point, yeah, that's true. shit like this kind of has to will itself into existence almost. It's like, well, I made this fake video company to like make videos, and we made a bunch of videos. And it's like, well, who's is that fake yeah. at that point? Like, videos are real. <laughs> like you did yeah, make yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. They're not There's... of real things, which we will talk about. But yeah, oh, uh, okay, all right, all right. But like he did cut, he did edit them together. You know? Yeah, no, that, 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 that's not. I'm not over here. Like I think we're being a little too hard on Jared Threaten, guys. I just, that was my, <laughs> no, uh, you're right though. Thinking about the metaphysical implications of a fake video company, it's like right. the homeboy ship. He's got the ship, Achilles ship, Ulysses ship. Where you keep know, replacing a part of the ship. It's like that thought experiment where if you. Oh, the ship, yeah. Do you have a new ship when you've replaced all the parts? Yeah, you replace all the parts. Yeah. So, yeah, we're just getting philosophical here today, guys. <laughs> so, uh, the article goes on. Then there was the question of his fan base. Many of Mr. Threaten's hundreds of Facebook fans were apparently from Brazil, and YouTube videos of his concerts never show the band and the crowds at the same time. <laughs> so, the New York like, Times does not want to go so far as to say. 
this is definitely stock footage. Yeah. Like but, I'm not saying Clark Kent Superman. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. It's a shot of a crowd and then yeah. a shot of a band. A shot of a crowd, a shot of a band. So. Yeah. Oh, that's, man. I, I also, uh, I wonder if at any point in like the defense of his fake fan base, uh, did he ever like like play like uh, race into it? It's like, oh, I'm sorry. I guess my fans don't matter because they're in Brazil. Right. <laughs> like, <is> that... <laughs> my bad. Sorry. I'll stop appealing to <laughs> that market. I just I love the Brazilian culture and they love me back. I'm sorry. Do not think about yeah. it? I, we go together like pop metal in Brazil. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> they love it down there. They can't get enough. Yeah, it's like peanut butter and gasoline, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, other YouTube videos from that channel, uh, some of which have since been removed, included clips and interviews of him in which the questioner was not shown. So it seems yeah. possible he was interviewing himself. <laughs> I'm going to say more than possible. I'm going yeah, to more say than like, possible. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> he's, like at some point he's like, yeah, that's a, that's a crazy question. It's a good question, too. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I got to really say. It's interesting but, that you'd ask that. Yeah, and I think I honestly think you're a really great interviewer. <laughs> Just big up himself, you know. Like, Have you, you ever had feel to totally make one of those? Uh, try, yeah, try to make one like a fake interview video no like sometimes like i've had to audition for things sometimes like there there have just been a few times where there's been like a reality show or something that's like, oh yeah yeah had me audition for it and you have to make one of those videos that's like a self-tape interview and it is the most uncomfortable thing in the world like oh no i've not done that and i i, I, I can imagine that would be awkward as shit <laughs> extremely awkward like you just feel like the biggest narcissist in the entire universe so then like yeah. putting it up like it's real is just yeah incredible. you just want to like stop and be like, like guy we all know this is bullshit right like can i just talk yeah. to you on the phone or something like, yeah it's gross it feels yeah. really weird Whew, excuse me um yeah so uh he's put up these doc like videos of him interviewing himself um the minty and his pals found uh that the music sites that had conducted interviews with mr threaten including one that gave him an award which is dope he <laughs> <Yeah. gave> <laughs> best all-around dude <laughs> like just yeah fucking, just fucking awesome yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. best in brazil just something yeah. well I, so, you know, I, it, it seems outlandish the more you think about it but like also if you're gonna create a fake career you don't create a fake humble career you know like yeah, and go big or go home. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. So yeah, like all of these these websites, including the one that gave him an award, had been cooked up on WordPress or Wix, uh, free you know website yeah, creators, yeah, yeah. And, and padded out with content stolen from other outlets. So like the only original <laughs> thing on there was the stuff about him. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, yeah, like the, no other bands. Like it's like okay, they gave his album a five out of five, and that's the only album they've ever reviewed. Right? Like, yeah, like I looked at one of them, and like it just has like a copy and pasted, like not even correctly formatted interview with Anthony Kiedis. Like it's just <laughs> stolen shit from other places. It's just like yeah, under the bridge was about my heroin days. And you're like that's not, I, don't, I think he's talking about that somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like like the formatting isn't even right. Like, like yeah. the question just runs right into the answer, like all that. It's they didn't even try, yeah. you know. 
Um, the formatting thing is so funny. Uh, uh, there's, do you remember like when that Bill Kirkenbauer crazy person was trying to open the crazy person's comedy club, whatever? I do remember that. And give that, give d- our listeners a quick summary of yeah. Bill Kirkenbauer. Uh, Bill Kirkenbauer, the uh, guy who played the dad on Just the Ten of Us, um, <laughs> routinely lashes out at Austin Comedy and fights the whole scene on the internet. Uh, it's usually over our grammar, but uh, it started <laughs> because he was trying to start a comedy club in the lobby of a Days Inn in Bee Caves, which is right outside of Austin. And uh, his called, first, called Uncle Crazy's called Comedy Uncle club. Crazy's. It not even spelled phonetically correct. It, was like, it had like... It had a it K, even, I believe. Yeah, and it didn't even have like possession like with an apostrophe. It was just K-R-A-Z-I-E-S. Yeah. It's like Uncle Crazy's. So that's like Uncle the full Crazy. name is Crazy's. It would be Uncle Crazy's. Again, going back to our discussion of you can find a venue for your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can put, yeah. Th- th- that's, th- th- <laughs> don't ever be fooled by the fact that somebody has something going on because it's yeah. so easy to make something happen. Like, But like, so this dude did this instead of just starting his little comedy club and booking legitimately a Robin Williams lookalike to fucking perform there, which is just a whole other story in and of itself. Yeah, he's, but, he's amazing. Like, we could do a whole episode on him we just We really as could. A and we brought, yeah, we probably, I think we talked about that through the day. But, uh, but he, um, Oh, fuck me. Where was I going with this? The whole thing with he, uh... What were we talking about? Sorry. Oh, no, yeah. We're talking about Jared Jared Threaten. He just, uh, was Uncle Crazy's... Interviews... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The interview. So the format. Uh, he he posted a, a promo reel for this guy's act, who by the way is the Zima guy. It's so strange. Look it up. Um, he posted a preview for his act, and it had this one screen where it said it showed him in front of a crowd, and it said the hottest act this year, and uh, the hottest new <laughs> act this year. And a friend of ours who does video pointed out that that screen was in like four third video, uh, four third ratio, which doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> it's like, so whatever they said that this year and not. The actual year, yeah. And so, whenever they said that, it was like obviously, like they said that like fourteen years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's just yeah, it's little things like that. You gotta the devil's in the details, folks. Yeah, you gotta you gotta pay attention to that stuff. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Threaten had found the other people in his band. So he had a three piece band. He'd found them via open auditions. So they weren't in on this. Yeah. So like that is a really weird wrinkle here too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. So, uh, members of, of threatens touring band, uh, didn't find out anything about their leader, uh, out of the ordinary at first. Uh, there was a drummer named Dane Davis, which is a sweet drummer name. Yeah, dude. Yeah. They waste you. You wasted that poor man's name on this horrible yeah. project. <laughs> so Dane Davis was the drummer and Joe Prunera was the rhythm guitarist. Uh, they were both Las Vegas based musicians. Nice. Uh, they had auditioned for the band over the summer after being contacted by a woman who introduced herself as Lisa Golding as Jaredina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming this is over email, but who knows? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they'd been contacted by a woman named Lisa Golding, who said she had discovered them through their YouTube videos. Miss Golding said she worked for a line artist management, the apparently fake management company. Uh, I also like this clever wording by the New York Times. Her Facebook picture is the same as that of a stock photo model. 
<laughs> yeah, the, man, real, real ninja-like moves on their yeah. part with this editorial process. They're Can't like, confirm, yeah, but yeah. also, yeah. Hmm. Uh, record label, record label magnate, and stock photo model. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. She does both. Yeah, <laughs> wow. How does she find the time? Yeah, right. <laughs> just yeah, between fucking like posing in like you know office supply catalogs. Like, where does she find the time right. to manage talent like on the scale of? Jared Threaten. Exactly. Uh, so both men found Mr. Threaten and the other members of the band easy to get along with, and they quickly bonded over music and games of Blackjack and Uno, which is very cute. Oh, yeah. Just the spot <laughs> metal band playing Uno together. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's very funny. Uh, Mr. Davis said that the only unusual thing that happened before the tour that he could recall was that two days before the band was to fly to England, they were told that the $300 they had been promised would have to cover their food. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's weird to like, I would just, I don't know. I I don't know how music works. I'm not like the most successful comedian in the world, but if someone were to hire me for an international trip, I would want more than $300 for 10 Yeah, days. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, I... That's there, there's some places in in America I won't drive or go to for three hundred dollars. <laughs> exactly for one show. Yeah, like, yeah, let alone, yeah. Yeah. So oh. I just found that a little suspect, but I don't know. Maybe maybe music is different. I um, know when I worked a door as a door guy at bands, um, like comics. We don't. I, I, surprise, we don't make a lot of money. But when like you can get way more paid doing comedy than you can doing music, especially yeah. when you're a five piece. Yeah. I feel so bad when they would like have a good turnout, and I would hand over the door to like the guy. I charge the band and, and it would be like 250 bucks split between three bands and it'd just be like damn like that's yeah. ouch <laughs> I learned that with wrestling too like talking to wrestlers like they get paid garbage and yeah. they basically do what we do but also hurt themselves and they yeah, get paid nothing because yeah, it's like that's, that's wild like you, if you think about it, so and wrestling tickets are more expensive than comedy tickets. It's usually for an indie show. It's usually about thirty bucks. Yeah. It's more. It's more if you like sit in the front or whatever. But it's split between like twenty performers, and that's yeah. just the performers' cut. And there's like the promoter gets a cut. Yeah. They have to like rent all the equipment. They have to set up all the like. There's all of these things that go into it, and and also performers like take advantage of the talent like they do, or promoters take advantage oh, of the yeah, talent. Of course, but like they just like they make no fucking money, and they're like really hurt all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just oh, like, I complain so much about how comedy pays shit, and like all of these other things pay so much worse. Yeah, that I've like watch yeah like I, I I've listened to comics talk about like making like eight bucks on a show in New York in the 90s or whatever but I've heard like a wrestler like within the last year talk about making eight bucks at a show <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I mean that is like I will say that um I don't think comedy wages have risen since yeah like, no. like <laughs> yeah I I feel like you were getting 25 bucks to MC 20 years ago and so yeah. like that kind of sucks like there's not inflation but like yeah I mean if you're headlining, you're probably going to make more than eight bucks if people are paying. Or, oh, yeah. I guess what I was talking about, like, if you go to, like, a like a showcase or whatever. Like, I've definitely gone to, like, done a show somewhere. I've gotten, like, eight to ten bucks for doing oh, yeah. you know, a show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a comic run show. Like Yeah, yeah. Exa- yeah, no, no, yeah, not a club. a club. If a club's paying you eight bucks, fucking burn that place down. <laughs> right. But, yeah, like, if, if, like, my pals are running a show and there's, like, a five to ten dollar cover and there's, like, an 
okay crowd i expect like 10 bucks like yeah, it's, it's not a, yeah, exactly. a lot. yeah that's that's the the, the industry standard <laughs> industry standard exactly yeah, yeah. um but yeah uh, another thing that the these guys said was weird about this european tour was they were given an extremely strict itinerary with required views even on days when they weren't playing which is really weird that's odd yeah and like that part never really gets explained but it's very yeah well you know i, th- I think when you look at like a guy like a guy who's gonna go out, um take the, the time to fabricate an entire european tour i am sure that's, that's also the kind of guy who's a bit of a megalomaniac and a bit of a control freak yeah and i, I guess think that's be, probably what it is yeah that, that, and those are just like if, like imagine what he'd be like if he had the resources you know like or if he if he actually had the fame you know like like I, i'm sure that would he would have even more outlandish requests of his artists Exactly. So uh, this is even weirder. The curfew, it turned out, was enforced by Mr. Threaten's wife, Kelsey. So <laughs> oh, that old battle she, axe. <laughs> yeah, not only is she the camera woman, she's also the the snitch, the RA. Oh, man. He's, you know what? He's probably making her, like, he's just like, honey, go out there and tell them they got to be in by nine. And he comes out and she's like, hey, you guys got to be in by nine. He's like, oh, come on, Kelsey. Jesus. Sorry, guys. <laughs> like, he's just totally making her be the bad guy. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you poor put upon woman. <laughs> Reach out to the show. We would love to have you on to talk shit about your Yeah, husband. please. Uh <laughs> So yeah, like, and, and they really, he, they really enforced it too. Um, there, there was a, a an issue where on the first day they were in London, and uh, the drummer and the rhythm guitarist woke up early and left the rest of the group to go get breakfast. Uh, and the drummer Dane Davis says, uh, when we met up later, there was a confrontation about going and getting breakfast without letting them know. Kelsey confronted us and said, "That can't happen again. If you guys do it again, you're off the tour." What, yeah, which is man. crazy. Yo, like, like as I get just older and more set my ways like I just I just put this out here right now if I'm ever being underpaid by somebody and they get on me about a curfew or leaving without that I will smack the shit out of that person yeah <laughs> no fucking way yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah you're, you're paying catching. me to show up at the venue at a certain time that's yeah. what you're paying me for yeah I wouldn't even show, yeah I wouldn't even like think I would go into that I just think like now like as a, my, my life I call the shots generally on my own day you know or throughout yeah. my day and somebody was like where the fuck were you and they were like my boss or something I could easily see myself being like provoked to violence i'm like yo fuck out of here just smacking them <laughs> like that's i'm sorry maybe I, I went too far on that one but that's awful like that's your time that's your time yeah that's your time that's you're not getting paid 300 dollars for that shit yeah, uh, yeah yeah fuck out of here so uh mr davis said that uh the threatens told the musicians that they had needed official sponsorship to get into europe and they were told that if they didn't check in as a full band with the sponsors their visas would be revoked so just another like weird control thing that i don't yeah yeah and do you think that was used as like they were like i mean you know if you got next you know you guys are leaving to get breakfast and the next you know you're leaving and we can't make it to the 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 check-in yeah yeah yeah, i guess that but still no i'd still smack them from here on out the rest of the podcast is i'm gonna be talking myself down from hypothetically smacking Jared Threaten. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I, I will let you know if the if the if the goalpost gets moved on that. We will we will humanize him a little bit at the okay. end. All right. So you you might change your tune. Okay. I don't all right. Know. All right. I don't all right. Know. I'm open to not smacking this guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, I feel like I still don't really like him, but like yeah. we get a little bit of his thought process at the end. So okay. okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm uh, uh, you know open open mind. Okay. So uh, Mr. Prunera said that uh, he'd been told that the venues are going to hold between 1,000 and 1,500 fans, uh, but he realized that was not true the moment he walked into the Underworld, uh, a club which holds 500 people at capacity. Yeah. Uh, 
But then the tour began, and it was clear that Mr. Threaten's fan base was not nearly as robust as he had claimed. <laughs> See, I don't think it was it was any robust, not even not nearly. I think there, there might have been a, uh, just a complete zero sum of robustness. <laughs> So, Mr. Prunera goes on, uh, I counted at the first show only seven people in the, in, a, in the audience, and most of the people were from the band that went on before us. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love this guy, though. I respect him. He says, I said, you know what? All right, that's fine. It's a stage. I love being on stage. I want to be on stage. It doesn't matter. Boom. Prunera, baby. Yeah. Old Prunera bread. I like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely not how I feel about comedy, even though I love it. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. there is no one there, I'm going the fuck home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I uh, uh, RIP to the great and wonderful Lashana Lester. I saw her being on a show one time that uh, she was on the bill for, and I got there and nobody was there. It was already past start time and nobody was there. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, Lashana's like, not showing up. And Lashana walked in, looked around, to nobody looked at me and said who the fuck runs this show Lashana <laughs> <laughs> uh, was such an inspiration at saying no to stuff like that like yeah, where it's just like yeah. no I'm not fucking doing this I only ever have done that once where um, I was doing that show the heckle show yeah. and uh, it was at the hideout theater and nobody came and it was like half an hour after start time and it was being guest hosted that week and so like the whoever was hosting it just like didn't promote it because they were like out of town and like yeah. nobody came and the hideout is like downtown in austin so whoever was hosting was like okay we're gonna bark some people in and they got like two 15 year olds to oh no and, yeah and i was just like i'm so, like i'm sorry i respect you guys for like trying to do this but i'm not doing this yeah and I I, I, like, i'm also not 100 percent sure we're not committing a crime right now yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was just weird and like I, I don't know. I felt like a little bad about it. I don't, I can't even remember who was hosting. I don't think they hold it, held it against me, but I was just like, N no, like, yeah. I'm going to go to mugshots. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, I, yeah you can all go to hell. I will go I'm, to mugshots. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm not going to get anything out of this. Like, you know, the audience isn't going to get anything out of this. It's, it won't be good. So yeah, and, that was the one time that I was like, where a show didn't get canceled where i was like i'm not doing it yeah yeah i i i had to pull that on a on a vanilla presley second vanilla presley i love doing it but man there's something demoralizing about uh comedically rapping in front of no people <laughs> 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 that i'm just like yo i'm real quick to be like ah i'm not trying to do this shit tonight <laughs> like, yeah, and, yeah. yeah if this isn't gonna be fun then like there's kind of no point yeah yeah this is gonna make me less excited about the next show we have <laughs> right yeah like this is only going to serve to demoralize me yeah but <laughs> Apparently for these people, no, they're just like, all right, here we go. Yeah, this, is yeah. my, this is my stage. I'm a performer. Yeah, and, I, and I God bless those people, too, because, you know, those are the ones that when you're like, hey, how long have you been doing comedy? And they're like, my whole life. And you're like, oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, like that enthusiasm is really important, especially like I think when you're learning how to yeah. like when you're new in comedy, like you need that. You need to go up for no people a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like after a couple years you start not needing to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, uh, the same thing happened venue after venue. 
uh, Dane, the drummer, says, uh, at no point do I think any of us thought, oh, he's faking all this. The whole impression I had was that the management company and record label were smaller companies that were still trying to get him out there and gain traction. He said he had hits in Europe, especially in Germany. So- <laughs> hey, I got hits in Europe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm big in Germany. They love me over Yeah, there. yeah. It's me and Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dane continues, so it was weird. Uh but nothing where you could say like, oh, maybe everything's faked or maybe he's lying about everything. He played it off as being just as confused as we were, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> oh, man. That, that, that I, we, we experience that behavior in this show a lot where it's like they, the person who is obviously behind all of it has to act shocked. And that's it. I think that is, uh, uh, has, has been funny since the, the, since time itself. It's, you know, like that, yeah. since time immemorial, it has been hilarious. Like, I'm sure if you, you can you can find a, a situation in ancient Egypt where somebody's just like, "What?" It's very good. Yeah, very- yeah. Everybody gets that, and it's very funny. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy it. Uh, okay, so uh, after the exchange, like they investigate, like that's a, a two or three dates in. Um, the venue posts some of the stuff that like Minty and all those dudes found yeah. uh, on Facebook. So. After detective Minty, <laughs> fucking <Exactly>. metal. De- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dave Minty, metal detective. <laughs> I mean, I'm just imagining like all of our like you know kind of scumbag bartender friends, of which we are a part. Like yeah, I'm not. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are but, different like, sides of the same coin. I just feel like if something like this fell into one of my like bartender friends' laps, they would be so thrilled, like doing the internet detectiveing. Oh to yeah, yeah, like, like yeah, Minty like, must have been psyched. Yeah, if like AJ and Jackson from Spider House, like buddy copped up to figure yeah, this shit out. <laughs> that would rule. That'd yeah. be so good. <laughs> yeah, I would watch that. <laughs> so that's like just how I'm imagining like Minty like breaking the case, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Detective Minty, man, where hats off to hats <laughs> off to that guy. Uh, <laughs> some gave all, you know. So uh, after the show in Bristol, um, the band is going to Belfast, Ireland to play there. And uh, the news kind of breaks on Facebook and uh, the drummer and the rhythm guitarist. And then this third guy, the bassist, Gavin Carney, who is also in the dark. uh, (laughs) Is he part of like the union of bassists named Gavin? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He has his union card. He's like, yeah, bassist named Gavin. How you doing? (laughs) I heard you need a bassist named Gavin. They sent me. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. the agency sent me. Yeah, the agency. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really funny to me too. So they like start to realize what's going on because of this Facebook stuff, and they start a group text trying to like. Oh out- shit! <laughs> that man. This is where this is where things happen. <laughs> yeah. Also, again, like imagining these people, like they are probably bonded for life over this like weird experience Yo. that they had. I have a group of comics that I met at a hell gig in San Angelo and uh, yeah and that's how like me and uh, Shane Torres the very funny Shane Torres I met oh I love Shane Torres yeah he was on that show with me it was it was ins- I, I think, think I might have told me about that like the, the promoter's dad had to come and like yeah, pay and you yeah everybody and stuff and like uh, <laughs> Kuya Jinti from uh, from Houston like a comic who I, I'm, oh, I'm oh. cool with but I, I probably otherwise wouldn't have crossed paths with our, right. our hotel rooms were right next to each other and we just got back to the hotel like outside smoking a like what the fuck just happened <laughs> yeah that, that that will bond you yeah that's beautiful uh so yeah these guys start a group text and they're trying to figure out what to do um so they all decided uh together that they were gonna leave they were gonna walk off the tour um because uh 
the the drummer says, uh, I couldn't maintain being part of a tour with people associating me with Jared. Yeah. Uh, as somebody who's maybe complicit, uh, who's part of the lies. So they were like, this is bad for all of us. If, if this guy gets in trouble, like we don't know, you know, if he's going to, he's, might stiff us on the bill like yeah. you know stuff like that so they're like okay you we're gonna can't over as you can't overstate the, the how terrifying it is to think you're not gonna get the money you were promised when you're on the road yeah. that that is, that is a, a gut sink of a feeling that's like like survival instinct kicks in like i like right. yeah like i found myself getting way I've, I've gotten way more hostile than i normally allow myself to get with people in situations like that <laughs> like, yeah i mean it is like it's it's stressful too. like even just the margins are so thin in entertainment too. like if you're doing a tour or something, it's like if you even if you think you're getting paid after the gig and then they're like, oh, no, we'll send you a check. It's like that can fuck you. Yeah. Over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That we're like, oh, really, man? Come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it, it gets really stressful. So like they yeah. find out this guy's lot has been lying and it's like you don't know if he's gonna pay your ticket home like yeah, you don't yeah, so you know you're like, walking on eggshells you know like just because he like if you ruin your relationship with him that may mean now you're now you're 800 bucks out for a fucking plane ticket like right like who knows so they're really stressed out um but they they end up confronting him um and and like asking him about this and yeah. threat and Prunera says that threaten kept saying that he was the one being targeted he was being blamed he's the one in the public eye so he's like playing the victim uh <laughs> So like he he kind of they they basically like my sense of reading this is that they were like we decided not to kick his ass like yeah, we decided, yeah. like, <laughs> the tribunal has spoken you're not yeah, getting your like, ass kicked we decided to like part amicably and just go home yeah so uh but yeah this guy didn't pay the flight back uh this guy Prunera the guitarist he had to uh borrow money from a family member to fly home oh, um man yeah also you know you're that far into your music career and it's like hey I gotta borrow money like, I fucking knew you had to <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that, that's that always sucks. So, um, thankfully, the drummer uh, had a brother who lived in Ireland, so he just like hung out there for a while. So, like, that's cool. you know, it, it ended up all right. But like, yeah, they they, they got basically left high and dry. Yeah, um, damn. See, I'm still on. I'm still. I'm not as benevolent as them. I'm still on uh, Smack Jared status, so I've not yeah. been talked out of it yet. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, the, the drummer Davis says, uh, I wouldn't do anything like this to damage my career and damage other people's careers. Uh, so he's really, you know, he was upset. Um, a publicist for Mr. Threaten who said her name was Charlotte Haynes, great <laughs> fake publicist name, yeah. <laughs> uh, responded to an email from the New York Times promising to arrange an interview with a musician. She requested that the interview be conducted by email and did not answer questions about his wife, how long she had represented him, or who her other clients were. Uh, the website for her company, Magnified PR, good fake PR name, <laughs> uh, was one of the many sites housed under the superlative music site, created <clears throat> Under the band's fake label on the same GoDaddy account. Man. So a fake person uh, said that he'd do an interview, but then he never did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just stood up by a fake person. That's just that's insulting. So all of this news breaks uh, in November, and uh, a f like a week or two after, Threaten uh, finally posts on social media. Uh, he posts an Instagram, and uh, he says. Uh, very deeply 
What is fake news? Everyone who has learned about his exploits, he said, was, quote, part of the illusion. So he's going with the classic, it was all a social experiment. Defense. Yeah, yeah, which that's the last refuge of a scoundrel. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> fuck, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah, I said that that was where I, I remember reading about that. And like, I, I don't know if you're going to if you have more, more to that quote. I just remember something I heard him say. Uh, where he was just like, I mean, okay, I was in a room. It's something that I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially it was like, I'm in a room. I'm in Britain. No one's there. However, it's still making international news. So, like, what is really not and actually happening here? Like, like, <laughs> like, basically, don't by the merits of us talking about it, didn't I have a successful show? Right. Yeah. No, that's like basically his rationale. Yeah. So, and, uh, and that is like the common denominator in like. I, I, I don't mean like old man yelling at cloud, but like in the the access that people had to not just fame, but like visibility. Because yeah. like, like there's 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 the, the I think the path to like true and actual fame is still pretty hard. But like visibility is a much easier path. And yeah. like that that's like just that statement right there is just like a distillation of whatever fucking delusion you have to tell yourself to pursue that. I don't know if that makes sense, but this whole no, thing I of like, it does. yeah, like, like I mean, was I even there? And like the fact that some idiot out there is going to be like, he has a point, <laughs> you know, like, and then now it's caught. It's in, it's an idea. This guy had a right. show. And this guy now had a show. <laughs> like There was now a, a right. successful show. <laughs> and now like there are, uh, there is publicity for his music project, which is real. He did yeah. record music. Like it is very, if you are not, not scrupulous, it is not that difficult to get people to pay attention to you. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. think about this a lot with comedy where like, um, it's sort of two different routes. Like one, I think the most craven is like, if, if either of us or like anyone we know wanted to be like a right wing, like, correspondent talking point person on like yeah. red eye or something like that like we could do that yeah like th- th- it would be extremely easy to do that it to be like a tommy laren or something yeah yeah you know? yeah because yeah, with just just the small amount of like fame or visibility that we have we have garnished like that the the, the stakes are so low over there the need is so high that they would be like yeah we will we will, we will do this to you and if you right. wanted to give your career that kickstart for lack of a better term you can you could easily do it like and it just you know and a lot of those people out there that's that's what they're doing they don't really right. believe that shit or for sure I mean yeah. so many of those right wing people are failed comedians it's, like, it's a startling amount <laughs> like, yeah so I, I think that that like that's one thing and then the other way it's sort of like the liberal way that is like less awful but also like I don't but also gross to me is like just sort of pandering like yeah yeah dumbing yeah. yourself down a little bit making yourself a little more like less radical less palatable and like yeah. getting on the like hashtag resistance train and getting like a boost that way like yeah yeah that, that that's uh that, that's always that just it's like soulless at that point that's when you can see these comics who are like you're like what do you tell jokes or do you just like t- talk do you just quote unquote speak truth to power now is that your right. thing <laughs> yeah do you just like reply to trump like what's your yeah deal? yeah 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 and yeah, that's when you start to see like like people who who get that the, the bump doing something shallow like that, like whether it be the left route or the right route. Those people like it kind of when they're asked to like showcase this art or talent that supposedly got them to where they're at. That's when it kind of comes out in the wash because you realize that people aren't fucking yeah. funny. They're not brilliant. They're not these. You know, they're just uh, somebody who's willing to do the song and dance. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, it usually it it usually does bear out eventually. Like yeah. it sometimes takes a while, but like comedy does eventually balance out to being somewhat merit-based yeah 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 (laughs) it sometimes takes like a little while but like you usually if someone sucks like you usually find out yeah you Um, i I think like being like completely shitty and not good at comedy i think you can squeeze two years because nobody's gonna call you back to to a room or whatever nobody's gonna call you yeah if you like really bomb like you're not you're not gonna get Bookings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can I probably, think you're right. I think two or three years. If you're really managed well, I think you could get three years. Yeah, but yeah. But no longer than that. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm hoping for. So. Yeah. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, when I roll out my right wing talk platform next week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so I do have a little bit more about Threaten. Um, I feel like this, like, I still think he's a shithead, but this, like, it humanizes him a little bit because it gives like a little bit of a backstory of like why he did this. Okay. Um, which for a while was like kind of mysterious. Like yeah. we didn't really know why, why someone would go through all of this trouble and all this expense. Um, cause he was paying the deposits and everything. So, yeah. um, so he, he gave an interview with Rolling Stone um, in like mid-December. His real name is Jared Ames. So I'm going to refer to him alternately as Threaten and Ames. It's the same guy. Yeah, yeah, Just, okay. Um, so he gave an interview with Rolling Stone and he, he copped to it all. So Rolling Stone describes what he did as an audacious Hail Mary from a down-on-his-luck Midwestern death metal artist who had tried and failed to make it the usual way. Uh, he says it's a publicity stunt, but the music is very real. So he says, and this is where I sort of sympathize with him a little bit. He says, you hear people say it all the time with the internet. It's easy for people to get discovered, but it's actually the opposite, which I kind of understand. Like the pro I, it is easy. There's so much more access to, to things. And yeah. like, like you said, like it is sort of eventually the cream does kind of rise to the top a little bit, but yeah. like there's also so much and it's so decentralized that like it kind of all feels meaningless, even yeah, though yeah, there's yeah. access. So like, I get that. Well, yeah, it, I, 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 uh, I would just read an interview with, uh, or an article that they talked to the guy who created Paw Patrol. Uh, so you know, just a, a creative magnate, <laughs> but you know, but he is like yeah, a legitimate—he is legitimately a billionaire. And uh, he said that he was yeah. like, I think he, he said, I think I might have been the last guy to make a billion dollars off a cartoon because he was like, now like it's you can go like for example, my girlfriend's daughter uh, watches this YouTube channel where this lady unboxes toys and then plays with the toys. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awful <laughs> but like yeah. uh, but that's what she watches and that lady gets like tens of millions of views or whatever yeah. but like like when she goes to school I was asking her like she watches that and PBS Kids and I was like do you any of your friends watch PBS Kids she goes no they watch this channel and so and so watches that channel there's yeah. not that like uniformed like when we were kids it was like yo you watched like three one of three channels that had cartoons right. on it and that was exactly. the only thing you watched so we all watched the same shit we were all into the same shit you didn't really find any niche interest interests among kids and now that right. can exist 
exist. But what happens is like it's less concentrated, so nobody's going to be making a billion dollars off of that one big thing anymore because there's no nobody. Yeah, people can go and get the shit that like legitimately interests them, and then right. you know, yeah. So there's no so like have, concentration of buying power. Yeah, and so you have like I mean we've talked about this with like podcasts before, and you know we're getting a pretty talking shop on this uh, episode, but I kind of wanted that because it is yeah. like about show business and stuff. Um, but like the nice thing about podcasts and everything is like you maybe get a smaller audience, but they're much more dedicated. Yes. And like because it's like specifically tailored to people's interests and they can find sort of exactly what they like. Yeah. So you get like a much more specialized but much more devoted um, listenership or fan base, I think. And so yeah. that can be nice. But yeah, of course, but yeah. I, but I understand this guy's frustration. So he had just moved to L.A. Um, and he was eager to launch a music career, but he was still smarting from the failure of his death metal band that he had with his brother back in his hometown. Aren't so, we all in some way it, still smarting yeah. from our death metal band that we have uh, with our brother? <laughs> just this is just that mountain goat song. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> this poor guy so yeah so he and his brother scott uh they had a black metal band called satith s-a-e-t-i-t-h don't know if that means anything sounds vaguely pagan it's like Um, like sadist with a lisp i guess yeah yeah uh satan something i don't know yeah but uh they like did okay they they toured a little bit they released some albums um and they did everything by the book they they gigged relentlessly they promoted themselves they sent their album to record labels and they still failed so he was frustrated by that and he didn't know how he was going to break through as a solo artist but he was determined to find a way so he lived in la for a year and uh he just recorded 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 he bought a cheap house with his wife uh outside of la and uh he recorded about 70 songs in the classic rock vein playing every instrument um in, this includes uh the anthemic breaking the world from the title <laughs> I, I will uh, i will go ahead and make sure that we uh, we ride out to breaking the world absolutely yes. thank you yeah yeah i yeah. appreciate it i will do that for um, us <laughs> Uh, he he also wrote what he thought could be his single, which has the very deep philosophical name of Living is Dying. Oh, Good. shit. That just, pff, I get it. <laughs> that just Holy threw me for right. a loop, man. That's, That's okay. Crazy. All right. I'm, 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 I'm off smacking him. <laughs> uh, so he spent upwards of $10,000 uh, recording, insisting that he got the money from more than a decade of savings. So one of the things that people were saying when this happened was like, oh, this must just be some rich kid yeah yeah, like, yeah you know did this weird vanity project and he's like no no no. this is my money he said i'm not some fucking rich kid yeah. all this is, is good money management so he's yeah. like this is my savings i've invested in this um the best metal i've always found comes from sound financial <laughs> planning yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. wise investments yeah all yeah, that. yeah 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 um, so he he says that he was fascinated by artists such as Andy Warhol and Andy Kaufman, who shrewdly manipulated the media and the audience with routines that blurred fact and fiction. Honorable mention, so, Andy Richter. Andy Richter, just the <laughs> eternity of Andy. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of where he drew inspiration for yeah. this idea. It's like, you know, the whole meta commentary. Andy yeah, Kaufman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, like... 
I respect and think is really cool at the time, but also is exhausting in 2019. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, he already did that. Like, yeah. we, he did that like 30 years ago. Like, we don't need to keep doing it. Yeah, it's that, annoying at this point. Always be very wary of anybody who, like, with their creative, like, when they describe their creative endeavors, and it's like, man, I'm bringing it back to, or I'm trying to bring it back. Like, no, no, like that's always a bad, t- a bad word, in my opinion. Like, don't bring I, shit back I, to shit. <laughs> I just find people that like love Andy Kaufman are usually like not funny oh like, yeah yeah no yeah to, to get that like, out of the way yeah. <laughs> I, I love i love andy kaufman but like people who cite him explicitly as a as an inspiration for their comedy often it's like the joke is that i'm not funny and it's yeah, like that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not a funny joke yeah. like i still have to watch you do the comedy yeah. it's not like and some people have been keeping that joke going for years. Like, where it's yeah. like, you're just like, man, like I, I've been fooled by so many like uh, people over the years where like I've just by sheer, by sheerly by who they are and like the amount of like times I, like, I see on Facebook or social media that they're doing something. I'm just like, that person must be really funny. And then like, it'll, I won't see them for like five years and I'll finally catch one of their sets. And I'm like, that person isn't funny at all. <laughs> like, they yeah. like, Oh, they've just made their not being funny into a bit. Yeah. Like, that yeah, sucks. yeah. That's yeah. boring. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants to watch that. Yeah, I don't no, know. It's not good. <laughs> there, there are people who do it well, who do that kind of anti oh, of Yeah. Well, like it, it can be done well, but like 90% of people who do, it uh are just covering for the fact that they like don't know how to write a joke yeah (laughs) when you're like six years in and you're just like yeah getting rid of that joke and that's your biggest laugh is when you shit on your own joke (laughs) like that's yeah like get get those laughs in your first couple years but after after that if that's still you if the biggest laugh in your set is still when you shit on your own material fuck out of here man (laughs) yeah it's it's time to to throw in the towel yeah it's Uh time to open an improv theater i don't know what the fuck you do next but (laughs) (laughs) so uh, this is what he, he got this idea. So he, he, you know, created this fake record label. Uh, he put like a, a fake history of the record label on. Uh, he listed himself on a, an artist roster with a bunch of fake artists. Uh, he said, I knew people would go uh, look at it and go, looks good and move on. Yeah. So he made similar websites for fake publicists, a fake booking agency, uh, fake followers on Facebook. Um, He said, I'm just trying to manufacture the bandwagon effect. The fact that people look at these numbers that are so easily fictionalized and hold them as any kind of merit, that shows a huge flaw in the music industry as well. And again, like, I kind of think he has a point. Yeah, he has a point. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he has a point, but like, like, it's also like you got to like separate like was that always your intention or was that just something that you're right. yeah, you're pointing out now like yeah like if if I'm like sitting there and you have a knife to my throat in my house I'm like yeah it is crazy that I just have a screen door I probably should get that fixed but like right. and you're like yeah well you're welcome for showing you that but at the end of the day that you still you know like you still have some hand and taking advantage i don't know maybe I, I right you're like it's it's like the arrested development episode where they go where they're teaching each other lessons have you seen that one uh i, I i've seen them all so i, I, I can't it's remember. like this really big convoluted thing about like staging this like very elaborate scenario oh that's to why you always leave a, a note or yeah, yeah. Always leave a note. my favorite line in that it's like the whole episode it's like you know, 22 minutes, like this very intricate plot. And there's like this punchline at the end that just makes me laugh so much, which is when somebody they're doing this like big elaborate thing. It's like a fake, uh, like sting operation. And like, they get like swatted basically. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah and then yeah. like the, the police guy goes, 
and that's why you don't teach lessons to your son. <laughs> <laughs> so funny to me. Yeah, like, that, that's so tight. Oh, like, man. When we're done recording, I'm going to go watch that again. Oh, I love that sure. episode. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, he's like, it's like, you're not really doing this as a commentary. You're just exploiting this flaw. But it is a flaw. Like, people shouldn't look at that shit. Because it yeah. is, like, a lot of it is fake. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Eames sold a couple hundred copies of his album, um, but then, you know, his final masterpiece was going to be the tour. So uh, day and night, he practiced his frenetic stage moves in his house, jumping around so much, he says that he busted a knee and had to spend time in a wheelchair. <laughs> He's serious about this shit, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, Blood, sweat, uh, and tears, man. Exactly. Throughout the spring of 2018, using the alias Casey Marshall, a booking agent, Eames no- negotiated with rock clubs across Europe. Before long, Eames had spent about $5,000 of his savings booking 10 venues from England to Germany for a November tour. With the date set, he hired a backing band. So all of those people yeah. who he hired through, quote unquote, Lisa Golding, yeah. who was fake. Pranera Bread um, and Gavin, the man. Exactly. Pranera Bread, bassist Gavin and Dane Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this article also talks to Pranera a little bit. Um, he, uh, he Pranera says that he initially found Threaten a little too commercial for his taste. Pop metal, again, probably yeah. had the same opinions you did. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he went to L.A. for the audition where he says uh, Ames seemed to be a really talented musician and fairly level headed. So he was like, all right. Yeah, he seems he seems normal. And they, you know, they round out the group. They start practicing. Um in September, reality came flooding back when Eames says he started coughing up blood. So I cut out some stuff in this Rolling Stone article about how he had previously had health problems before oh, he moved yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he'd coughed up blood before, and he just like refused to see a doctor and moved to LA. So like a lot of this he says is like kind of motivated by what he feels is like a looming mortality. Like I have to do this now. Cause I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh uh, yeah. So coughing up blood, like I mean, I'm not wanting to doubt what he's doing, but coughing up blood just seems like, like some like movie shit, you know, like, yeah, it's like, it's a little, like dramatic. Yeah. 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 I, was, I was coughing up blood. And you know what that means? I'll be dead by the third act. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. He's probably lying about that. Yeah. Uh, Cause it says, it's uh, everything in here is he claims like it doesn't say yeah, that they yeah, talked yeah, anything yeah, yeah. so who knows but he says he claims doctors told him that he had an abnormal heart condition and could bleed to death uh he says he refused to get surgery before the tour. I was in the hospital for four days, then rehearsed the next day. He says this is my whole life. So yeah, may not be true, but if it is like interesting. Uh, Again, I don't think that necessarily is all that flattering because it's just like you are a like crazy careerist, ambitionist, like yeah. narcissist guy. Um, but two months later, he's still alive. He hasn't bled to death from his heart condition. <laughs> um, he arrives at the Underworld Club in London uh, with his wife and his band. Uh, he wanted Kelsey to document all of his machinations, and she was a happy accomplice to his plot. <sighs> if there's one thing I've learned, she says, it's never to underestimate him. Uh, so <laughs> Sometimes I'll just think he can't possibly do this any longer and he does you know (laughs) i feel like poor sweet kelsey i don't know i i haven't seen pictures of her but i'm gonna imagine she's like way out of his league like i'm just that's the vibe i'm getting and he's just like she's just like a really sweet person and he's just like very controlling like that's kind of 
all musicians' but, girlfriends are out of their league. It's it's <laughs> it's a fucking exactly. It's the it's the way of the world. Yeah, it is. So, that's how it is. Um, but yeah, so she's like filming all of this stuff, and uh, uh, it says whether anyone showed up at the gigs didn't matter because in the world Justin had created, Jared had created, he was already a star. Uh, Ames says he didn't anticipate how negative and personal the backlash would become once the truth was discovered. It started with his backing band who walked out on him after learning of the ruse. Uh, Prunera says that Ames not only lied to venues and the media, he also lied to us. When asked about this, Ames' usual swagger disappears. Do I feel bad that they feel bad? Yes. I wish they would have looked at this from the media standpoint, which is like pretty fucking callous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do I feel but, bad that they feel bad? Yes. Do I feel bad that they don't feel bad that I feel bad? Yes. <laughs> like, I do feel bad about that. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. but I don't feel bad. <laughs> it's like very, very like Donald Trumpian way of getting out of that, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, so apparently also I cut this out, but I think it's interesting, uh, given your previous death metal allegiance. So his brother, he hadn't talked to his brother in like six years and his brother found out what he was up to from all of these news articles. Oh, and, and he was like, it seemed really funny. Cause like the, the quote he gave was basically like, he was not that bummed out about the whole ruse he was really bummed out that his brother was playing pop metal he was like this is we're a death metal dude like, really that is so, hilarious yeah. he's just like betrayed by that which yeah. is really funny yeah, 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 yeah it's like hey look your brother uh, he scammed a bunch of people in this pop metal band that he made up and he owes a lot of like oh hold on hold on go back pop metal <laughs> like, yeah exactly yeah like, yeah there's a lot of victims in this he's like yeah i know like metal <laughs> like metal's the real victim <laughs> exactly so uh yeah so his self-seriousness rubs many the wrong way uh he's now spinning it as if it was all part of a plan but the only illusion is the one he's pulling on himself his former bandmate says he seems quite deluded and to be an extreme narcissist in fact, despite all his past and possibly ongoing deceptions, Threaten may be on his way to a disaster artist Tommy Wiseau-like cult following, including a British band called The Perverts. Great name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a real bunch of dudes that'll bugger you. <laughs> <laughs> so The Perverts staged a tribute uh, called Jared Threaten, an unattended musical. <laughs> so, oh, you know, it maybe worked. Yeah, like, he's, yeah. That's the end of my story. Uh but you know he he might be on to something yeah. with this cult following so i hereby motion to name every time i have a show that is light to nothing in attendance i'm calling it a jared threatened tribute show yeah that's a great idea <laughs> yeah it's a real jared threatened tribute show there you get a trip. um i know like every entry to every uh, aspect of the entertainment industry has like their shitty people i don't know if it's just my familiarity with it because some of the people i know but the the metal scene um like I think because it's such a niche market that when you like, it's not unreasonable to like gain some, or you can gain a following in that. And uh, I used to work, live with a guy named Poopy. Uh, Poopy Sanchez, <laughs> if you're out there, you're the worst of the worst. <laughs> you, you, like, yeah. I feel like this is not the first time Poopy Sanchez has come Oh, I've brought up Poopy show. Sanchez before. Yeah, yeah. I, I, got into <laughs> it on, I got into it with him on Twitter the other day because uh, he blocked me on Twitter, but I followed him with the podcast's account and we got into it. <laughs> Anyways, more on that, 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 that thing. But he just had like a little, I grew up with this kid. He had a brush with fame. Uh, uh, or brush with like the big time, like when he was uh, 
he was like the, the tour manager for As I Lay Dying and he like was in like a couple bands and he was also like an insanely good drummer uh, and so we used to play shows with him there from Colleen and um, he the, I bumped back into him in Austin and he was just he's a delusional piece of shit now but uh, during the first South by I ever spent here he had one of his delusional piece of shit friends in town staying with us and they knew some guy who's like a metal guitarist who's famous and that guy told them that he they could say that they were him to get into some show downtown for South by. So they both tried at different points of the night and were turned away by like a very like uh like like astute stagehand or stage manager. Mm-hmm. And so these guys both tried to like fake their identity to get into this show. We're now nice. both back at my house, heartbroken and bitching about how they were like it was wrong, and they were like, you know, <laughs> like who gives a fuck, dude? He said we could say his name, like so who cares if it, like, he said we could say his name? And so we should be able to get in there because he said we could. And then the, <laughs> my friend Poopy's friend said the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard anyone say. He goes, yeah, she was like, oh well, um, you're pretending to be somebody else, and he goes, bitch, do you know who I am? I can pretend to be whoever I want. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, which if you just want to get into like the fucking like the just the crazy snake eating its own tail of stupidity. There. <laughs> That's beautiful. Yeah, it's like a Mobius strip of delusion. It just like it just keeps going on. Like. Yeah, so yeah. So uh, I guess we got to ask a quick question up top. Was it worth it? I mean, I think this guy would say it is. I, I like, think he I would, think- yeah. I think it would be worth it if he had let his bandmates in on it. Yeah, exactly. Like, like let him in. And, and also, I like, I feel like, you know, I, I said though he had 10 years or whatever where he was doing all the hard work in the right way. So I was going to say if he would have put this much effort into legitimate means, but I guess he did for 10 years. So was it worth it? I mean, we're talking about Jared Threaten right now in Austin via Brooklyn, you know, so. Like, yeah, true. Yeah, it's like, I, I guess it was worth it. Would I do it? Probably not. Uh, just strictly based on the pop metal. But uh, <laughs> anyways, well, uh, that's what's up, Kath. I think this is going to be coming out like mid-February and uh, you got something. You're going to be back in town, right? Yeah, so I'm going to be in town um, from, I'm going to be in Austin from the 6th or 7th through the 6th. 16th. I'm doing Master Pancake shows uh, the 8th and the 9th and the 14th and the 15th. So come to those at the Alamo Draft House. Leave. Uh, just check Alamo for for details and check my Twitter. I'll I'll book some stand up and stuff. So uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for listening. Yeah, and uh, I will I will have already been to L A and left by the time you hear this. So, uh, but I'm gonna be in L A from the 16th to the 23rd. So uh, this is all retroactive. I just wanted to brag. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, you know, please. Uh, you know, thanks for sticking around and, uh, with our splotchy release dates and uh you know please rate like listen share subscribe tell your friends keep up the love on twitter follow us on all the bullshit and uh you know but above all don't get caught don't get caught see you next time breaking the wall i can see the light shining breaking the wall i can see Shit!